Hi, superstars. We are here today. It's me and also Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Hi. We're here today because we thought it would be so fun to start a new monthly feature for you guys. Here's the thing. When it comes to planning and actually producing and then releasing our regular Friday episodes, a lot of times, all of us on this sort of awesome team, we have things that, you know, we could add to the show or could talk about that we just frankly don't have time for. We don't even have time to get to it. Of course, as you all know, and as we have certainly shared a lot in our listener supporter feed and the Patreon feed, a lot of times we have things that are on our mind, legit, like in our real life, on our mind, but they're not maybe appropriate for the show, or we just, I don't know, it's like more private, personal stuff that we don't want to share with thousands of people, but we totally don't mind sharing with you, our closest family and friends. (laughs) So that's what we're doing today. This is sort of a catch-all of awesome and things that are on our mind from the month of January 2019. Rebecca, how are we just about to put this month to bed? Like, how are we at the end of January? I know, it went so fast. It really did. (laughs) Isaac's birthday is tomorrow. that's right. Oh, my goodness. I'm so far behind because I had such mental fatigue, decision fatigue from all of Christmas. I'm like, forget it. Like, I'm just going to pretend he's not having a birthday. And (laughs) I just checked out for several weeks, and now I'm playing catch-up. I mean, that's the nice thing that you can do when they're little. They don't know the difference, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) This is the first year that the twins are really, and I mean really, dialed into their birthday, which is February the 7th. And they have been counting down basically since Christmas to their birthday. So there's no skirting around. (laughs) There's no adorable. (laughs) There's no fudging the dates for them this year. So and uh, my oldest turns 14 this month. Like we just have there's lots of celebrating going on right now. My goodness. For everybody. Okay, so we have some things that we want to talk about that, again, are not things that would make it onto the regular show. One thing I wanted to talk about really quickly first actually is related to the regular show. We did, you and I did, uh, and released an episode earlier this month, an extra awesome on on being curly girls and how that's working for us. One of the things that I said on that episode that I was really struggling with was how to refresh my curls after wash day. Right. I feel like on wash day, I want to do all of the pictures. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be out and about because my hair looks so good on wash day. And then the next day, it's okay. But truly by day three, I'm just like going to put it up because it's just, you know, frizzy and there's no definition to the curls. And as I shared with you, this has been a problem. So after that episode came out, I found on Instagram somebody suggesting a method. You guys, the curly girl world of Instagram is a wealth of information. Somebody suggested this method of refreshing curls. And then an awesome in the comments on our post about the extra awesome about curly girl suggested this. And I was like, okay, I think the universe is giving me my answer for how to refresh curls. So here's what I have been doing. I've been wetting my hands down in the sink, not like a handful of water, but just wet them down in the sink and then put like a little pea size amount of gel in my palm, rub it together. There's something about hair gel that really loves water. I don't know how or why to explain it, 
but I do that and then I will go over sections of my hair and kind of do the praying hands method where it's kind of I'm just kind of like lightly glazing that watered down gel over my hair and I kind of do that section by section then when it's damp and sort of refreshed with gel I will take it again section by section and scrunch it up but one technique that I found that this Instagrammer was doing that I was like, oh, this actually makes a lot of sense, is to take a handful of hair, like by the section, and, um, you know, kind of push it, just like lightly push it up towards your scalp. And then when you get towards your scalp, then really give it a good scrunch. I'm okay. good. I'm giving Rebecca a visual. This yeah. may not translate into audio. Yeah, no, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> so because usually when I scrunch, I'm kind of like grabbing from the bottom and scrunching as I go up. But this particular curly curl Instagrammer was like just lightly, gently pushing her hair up to her scalp. And then when she gets up to her scalp, then she really goes in and squeezes her fingers in to give it that scrunch. Okay. So I've kind of been doing that. It, it does help to define the curls again. Now, sometimes, depending on how much gel I use, I will get a little bit more of a gel cast that as it dries, then I will end up kind of scrunching that out sort of as the day goes on. But it's giving me that little extra oomph and little bit of curl definition that I need to where I feel like I don't have to put my hair up as soon as I get up. Are you literally only using one pea-sized dollop of oh. gel? Or do you do this multiple times? Multiple times. So every time I move on to a different section, thank you for asking that. Every time I move on to a different section, again, I wet my hands down again, put another pea-sized bit of gel, rub my hands in, and then do repeat the process section by section. Okay. Well, I will have to try this because I also, I I cannot figure out this refreshing of curls business. So It's tricky. Thank you. Okay. So there's my update. All right. What is something fun and awesome from January you want to talk about? Well, okay, <laughs> this th- this is definitely not, like, Friday show material, but there is a viral phenomenon that has been happening on YouTube, all, like, in all of 2018, but it okay. really ramped up in the fall, in, like, November and December of 2018, and it's still going on, and I can guarantee that probably none of you listening have any idea about it. So <laughs> I'm sharing it because I'm, I have forever been fascinated by YouTube culture. Oh, yeah. And oh, my word, this is like the biggest thing on YouTube right now. So okay. the most subscribed to channel on YouTube is called PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. And PewDiePie is a Swedish gamer named Felix. He mostly does gaming. Uh, he started doing some like meme reviews, <laughs> which are kind of fun. But he's um, he's young. He's uh, he's like a little inappropriate. Mm-hmm. He probably uses like some bad language. Is not really like my my main type of content that I like to watch. However, I find his life so fascinating because, guys, he's like the most subscribed to channel on YouTube. And so he has been since August of 2013. However, 
there is a new channel, a channel, well, it's not new, but there's a channel climbing the charts and like rapidly catching up with him. And it has been this huge thing about who is going to end up on top is PewDiePie for the first time in five years going to be surpassed by this other channel. Oh my gosh, wait, five years, that's amazing. Yes, he has been the most subscribed to and like not just like a little bit the most subscribed to, like nobody has ever stood a chance. Like Wow. Like, probably he has had, I think the third most subscribed to channel right now is maybe, I don't know, like half as many subscriptions as what he has. Wow. Like, he has been huge, 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 and like nobody's come close. Yeah. So, the channel, though, that is coming close to passing him is called T-Series. T-Series okay. is an Indian music record label and film production company so this idea that an individual kind of what youtube was created for youtube person talking to a camera in a room you know is being overtaken by a production company like a mega production company mm-hmm. my i don't know siri why are you listening to me <laughs> Siri, quit being a creep. (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing? I'm not talking to you. (laughs) I'm sorry. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is everything I'm saying like showing up on my phone? Siri's listening to me. I I was going to say, I think we all know why because everything's (laughs) listening to us right now. That's creepy. Okay, but basically, this is this is fascinating to me because. T-Series is this mega production company. They're putting out multiple videos a day, and they're these huge productions. Basically, what? Oh, you think you're T-Series? Oh, T-Series! Siri thinks she's T-Series. Oh, goodness sakes. Okay, well, leave me alone. This is amazing. I feel like you're being stalked in real life, in real time, as we're recording. I need to, like, move my phone, but maybe after after this bit, because I have this thing I need to say. I need to look up on my phone at the end here. Okay. What's that... What's that company that does a lot of the um, the music videos here in the U.S.? Vent, Vimo? Vimo? Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Like, you'll have, like, a like a Vimo channel on YouTube. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, like, each artist has, like, its own Vimo. Mm-hmm. T-Series... Don't say anything, Siri. Is, like, Vimo... But all in one place. So if, like, all of the musicians for the U.S. were using just this one channel. So basically, you know, there's, like, a bajillion, jillion people living in India. And as access to the Internet is increasing, you know, like, they're catching up. Like, everybody is catching on and everybody's subscribing to T-Series. So in January last year, T-Series started with 30 million subscribers. Okay. And PewDiePie started with 60 million subscribers. Okay. But T-Series has just, like, taken off like crazy. And they call it the sub-gap. The subscriber gap between oh. them has, like, rapidly been decreasing. It even got down as low as 100,000 subscribers. And it Whoa. looked like for sure that T-Series was going to surpass PewDiePie. But the internet community has rallied around this individual. You know, like, he's, like, classic YouTube. It's what YouTube was created for. It's what made YouTube, like, big and famous. It's, like, how all these people have 
challenged like this concept of new media. Like PewDiePie represents all of that, and they have rallied around him. A YouTuber called Mr. Beast paid for multiple billboards and radio ads in New York City or in uh, North Carolina. Justin Roberts, a YouTuber, reportedly paid a million dollars for a billboard in Times Square, urging people to subscribe to PewDiePie. What? <laughs> this is a thing. This this is what I'm talking about. This is fascinating. Okay. A hacker that goes by Hacker Giraffe. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Gained access to printers that, like, um, were, like, open. I don't know what that means. Like, like he could get into printers. Like, there's these printers okay. that were not protected, not password protected sure. or whatever. Okay. okay. So, in November, he gained access, access to 50,000 printers. And in December, no, yeah, 80,000 printers. And he forced them to print... <laughs> <laughs> a message that said that PewDiePie is in trouble and needs your help to defeat T-Series. Subscribe <laughs> to PewDiePie. Okay? He oh, printed, you hackers. You he printed silly this hacker. on 50,000 printers in November and 80,000 in December. Then, in December, a website owned by the Wall Street Journal was also hacked. And a fake, fake article was put up defending PewDiePie and saying that everybody needs to subscribe to PewDiePie. Oh, my. In January of this January, this January here, 65,000 Google Chromecasts were hacked, displaying a message on smart TVs (laughs) to subscribe (laughs) to PewDiePie. And dozens of Nest cameras were hacked and played a message through the speaker Telling people to subscribe to PewDiePie. Oh my gosh. Whoa, that's weird. I feel violated. <laughs> and that didn't even happen to me. <laughs> Through all of this, PewDiePie had the largest spike in subscribers on December 3rd, where in one day he gained 541,133 subscribers. Well, that is mind-boggling. I don't even know right? what to say about that. That's incredible. So it it still looks like T-Series is going to beat out PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. But you can check. There's a, <laughs> there is a, a live feed that you can Google. Or like, you can look up on YouTube. Search, just search PewDiePie versus T-Series. And you can watch this live feed. Right now, This the live feed, there are 4,000 people watching the live feed of the sub-gap. <laughs> between the two channels so i'm just gonna Uh hit play on it okay it has some bad language in this psalm that is playing so just ignore that for a moment but let me see Uh what it currently is okay so the currently oh here we go okay so currently uh, pewdiepie has 82 million subscribers he started the year at 60 million he now has 82 million subscribers 422,841 and T-Series is only 331,000 subscribers behind. So this is ongoing. This is ongoing. This, this, just this whole thing is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I really kind of care, and I'm not quite sure why, but I really, really do. (laughs) It is, I knew about this because I have children who are teen and tween aged so aj especially she doesn't really watch pewdiepie but she's like you she's like really into youtube culture so she knew this whole thing was going on and had told me i don't know a few weeks ago i guess about this whole thing so 
Um, I like that you're using industry speak, like subgap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel very, uh, very well informed right now about YouTube life and culture. So interesting. Okay, maybe we'll have an update coming soon about what happened there. Don't leave us hanging. Yeah, yeah. If you ever see a very uh, like cryptic see- seeming message from me, T Series has defeated PewDiePie with a subgap of yada yada. <laughs> Only the select few who listen to this <laughs> episode will have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is the truth. Now, <laughs> that's true. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay, one thing I wanted to talk about that has made January so awesome for me is I happen to catch. Um, some advice from very good friend of the show, Crystal Payne, who has um, been an awesome, like almost from the beginning and has been on the show a few times. Um, she's an author and blogger and um, Instagram person. And so she does a lot of Instagram live, both from her Money Saving Mom account. And then also she has another account that's called Your Blogging Mentor. And I honestly can't remember if I saw this, if she was on her Money Saving Mom or um, your blogging mentor account. Anyway, I love her lives on on Instagram. Um, she's one of the few people that I follow that consistently does lives. In fact, she kind of does like a morning check-in every morning. So um, I often watch her while I'm making the kids lunches and just kind of getting ready in the morning. Anyway, she was t- she had been talking about some of her favorite books from 2018 and somebody had asked her like how do you get so much reading done so she did a separate video on that i happened to catch it and she gave some really good at reading advice which i feel like you know i'm 41 years old i have a degree in english one might think that i would understand how to fit reading into your life but she suggested that Instead of thinking like, I'm going to read a book, so that means I need to sit down and have like 30 minutes or an hour where I can sit and read this book, which can be intimidating. And even if you want to read more, that can feel like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, if I'm going to read through novels and stuff, I don't have that kind of time to devote, you know, right? especially if you're working or you have kids underfoot, whatever the reason are, lots of us just can't imagine carving out that much time to do something as relaxing or Um, informative or enjoyable is reading. But she suggested, even if you just have five minutes or 10 minutes, maybe while you're sitting in car pickup line, while you're at the grocery store and the line's really long, just like even if you have five minutes, just open a book and read a little bit instead of opening Facebook or Instagram and scrolling through. She really suggested in those times when you would normally be scrolling social media, just try reading and see what happens. So I did that this month with an actual uh, hard copy of a book. I can see how this, I always have books going in Kindle, and I actually do kind of keep those open as I'm out and about and having to wait for something. Um, I'll read a little here and there, but I tried this with a hard copy of a book. It was my book of the month club uh, selection this month called The Night Tiger. It's by Yangtze Chu. Um and I started with, okay, I've got, I've got five minutes to sit here until it's time to leave to go get the kids. I'm just going to read. Well, first of all, I found that you can actually get a lot of reading done in those little five to 10 minute pockets through the day. But then even more so, and this helped me with breaking that habit of just mindlessly scrolling, is once I started doing just like five and 10 minute pockets, then I really got into the story. And then 
when I did have time when I normally would be just like laying in bed scrolling before I go to bed or like first thing in the morning, instead of opening my phone, guess what I was doing? Getting my book out and reading it. So I read the first novel of the year, The Night Tiger. I'm going to save my words about that for an actual books and reading episode of Sort of Awesome. It was fantastic. I loved it. And I'm just like, Crystal Payne, I'm going to tell her this actually, really, but I'm just like, thank you for that little nudge that I needed to remember that you don't, I think there is something still in my brain from being an English major in college where I think, and that was like, you know, 20 years ago, that I think reading has to be done. Like you have to like really have serious time set aside, but this gave me permission to just be like, no, you don't actually have to just a little here and there and then see what happens. So such good advice. Yeah, I liked that. All right. You and I have something that we're both doing this month, uh, and we wanted to talk about it a little bit. It's the opposite of intellectual pursuits like reading. (laughs) But you and I are both watching this season of The Bachelor. Yes, we are. This season features Colton. I don't know his last name. I barely know any of the names of the contestants at this point because they just kind of started this season, it just started at the beginning of the month, right? Yes. Like, I feel like we're not very far in. No, we're not. It's week three. Okay. So as we're recording, it's we just had week three come out. Um, it'll probably, I guess it'll be week four by the time this episode comes out. But we're still pretty early on. So we're following along with Colton in his pursuit of love with women who are all there for the right reasons, right? Of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you and I both have an issue that has kind of been bothering us about this season of The Bachelor. I'm going to let you take it from here. Oh my goodness. I have such passionate feelings. I am so angry with how his virginity is being handled, especially in the first two episodes. It just just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. So for people who aren't watching The Bachelor, Colton is the first ever, right, Bachelor contestant person, The Bachelor, who Mm -hmm. is a virgin. Yes. Now, Sean Lowe was deemed the virgin bachelor, but he was a born-again virgin. So okay. this is the first, like, 100% virgin gotcha. bachelor. Okay. And in the first, the season premiere, they talked about it so much. So many jokes about it. Uh, women questioning him and wanting to know why. In week two, we had a very awkward one-on-one date with um hannah hannah b, b. hannah yes. g no it's hannah g? b it's okay. hannah b yeah. hannah b there's also a hannah g not to be yeah. confused mm-hmm. hannah b like she just couldn't speak like she just was not opening up she was incapable of adding to the conversation it was and really then, weird oh it was so <laughs> awkward it was the most uncomfortable thing and then he's like at the one-on-one dinner he's like really trying to like get it out of her like to open up and she's like okay well here we go why are you a virgin and i was just like come on yeah (laughs) number one that is not opening up at all number two why are we talking about this again um there there seems to be this like attitude of number one like poking fun at him for it number two kind of this like need to know the motivation, like, well, why exactly? Like, break it down for me. And here's something that I have not heard anybody talking about. I haven't heard Colton saying this. I listened to several podcast recaps about The Bachelor. I haven't heard this from anybody. But 
I mean, isn't sex supposed to be between two people? Like, I feel like Colton is getting all the credit for being a virgin. But, you know, if he's, like, perhaps a respectful individual, he's going to also play... um, you know, take into consideration his partner's feelings. Like maybe he was dating people who were saving themselves for marriage for whatever reason or dating somebody who just perhaps just wasn't ready. Um, He's famously known for dating the gymnast Allie Raisman. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not trying to speak anything of what is happening in her life or in her mindset uh, concerning her sexuality. But in November, she testified against her, uh, the U.S. gymnast doctor, for sexually abusing her for years. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's very possible that she has a lot going on in her mind concerning her body and sexuality. And he was her partner in that. And I think it is super respectful that whether he was aware of that or not, or I don't know what the timing of all of that abuse happened versus when he was dating her, but for him to not have sex with her, if, if that was her request, I mean, I just don't understand like why nobody is at all talking about, Oh, well you had all these girlfriends you've had serious girlfriends why didn't you have sex oh maybe the girlfriend didn't want to have sex maybe it was a decision between the two of them maybe consent is actually an issue for him something that he values like if he wants it to be something special and the someone special that he's with is also choosing to wait for whatever reason you know, that would be a big factor. Like, why, mm-hmm. why, why is nobody concerning even thinking about the women? <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what my problem is, is with it. I also agree. I think that the first episode was the worst. I do think it feels like as the season's gone on, it's not as bad. Although it seems like in every episode, there's some little joke made about it, which, okay. But... I just feel like it's so <laughs> not that I should hold an expectation to the Bachelor franchise to be respectful of somebody's human dignity. But I do think that it's just really a shame that they're focusing on this one element of his life, his sexual choices from his past up until now. Like, that's one part of his life. He had a career in professional football. He is, and they do talk about this on the show a lot. I have to give them credit for that. But he, like, has started a charity. He's involved in, you know, really important work with um, with kids who have um, disabilities. In the, and, you know, there's more to him than this one thing. Yes. I understand from the producer's point of view, they were probably just like rubbing their hands together like, ooh, because, you know, this show's been going on for what, like almost 20 years, like 15 years-ish? I feel like it started like in 2004. Yeah, something like that. So there's only so many new and exciting takes on The Bachelor, right? Right. So I'm sure the producers were like, oh, wow, okay, we have the chance to have a virgin. And so they're really playing in that angle. I just think it's too bad because I honestly feel like it objectifies him as a person. And again, I never thought I would be saying The Bachelor is objectifying a man. (laughs) One of my biggest, biggest sticking points with The Bachelor is how it objectifies women. But truly, I feel like it objectifies him and his sexuality um, to the point where it's like, 
it's a little gross, I think. It is. It is um, gross. Just because this is a choice that he has made in the past, I can understand it being an interesting part of his story, but the overemphasis on it, I totally agree with you, has just been really difficult. Um, and I also feel like to the audience... It's a little alienating for people who are watching who have made, who knows, a variety of different decisions in their lives. There are people who are asexual, who have no interest in that particular part of life. And so, you know, maybe they're well into life past Colton's age. And so they're watching this. I mean, that has to feel pretty shaming to them to hear all of these jokes being made. Um, maybe there are people who have wanted a relationship, but it hasn't worked out. Like, there's just, like, so many people's stories. Everybody, every adult human being has a story that is connected to their virginity. And I feel like the the show is just really making light of this in a way that is not inclusive of of the fact that there are different viewpoints and different experiences with this. Oh, most definitely. It's very heavy-sided into, like, he's a freak. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Again, I don't know if I'm just expecting too much from this show, but I just feel like they really, they they took something that could be an interesting angle on Colton and have just really made it very awkward for everybody. All right, what else have you been up to besides watching and commenting on The Bachelor this season? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I tried something new in December, which is making my own elderberry syrup. Oh, good for you. That's great. So elderberry syrup is considered super beneficial in boosting your immune system. There's been some testing done on it. Okay, I'm not a doctor. FDA, don't come after me. But there's been some testing done that shows that consuming elderberries or elderberry syrup can really help diminish like flu symptoms, cold symptoms, people who are sick and taking elderberry get over things faster. And so it kind of has become like a staple in the crunchy community in terms of moms kind of like rallying around like, oh, please, let's keep our kids healthy this winter. A lot of people end up using elderberry syrup. You can Mm -hmm. buy it in the store and it is so super expensive. Actually, purchasing dried elderberries isn't so expensive um but this the pre-made syrup itself can just be really pricey Mm -hmm. especially if you have multiple kids that's what i was gonna say especially if you have a lot of kids yeah just like you just run through it so quickly because you're taking like i don't know like a teaspoon or so at a time it just you just go through it really fast i have purchased elderberry gummies for my kids before and my children love them i love the convenience of them they really like the taste of them but Again, you really kind of go through them quickly, and the costs can get kind of up there. So I tried making elderberry syrup. I bought a DIY kit from a company called Lexi Naturals. You can find it at LexiNaturals.com. That's L-E-X-I Naturals.com. She sells a kit. So if you're, like, really new to this, you don't want to buy, like, a whole ton of elderberries. I don't know quite what the quantity works out with because I think you can buy dried elderberries on Amazon you, or other places. Other places, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know like how much comes in a I don't know what this quantity variables are, but if you just want to like just test it out, just like try it you can get this kit from her. It has the elderberries, it has cinnamon in it, it has some other cloves and some other things in it. All you really need to add to it is water and honey 
She gives you all the instructions for like how to make it. It's not difficult. You're basically like boiling, simmering, letting it cool, straining it, and like that's it. And then of course adding your your honey to it. It costs nine ninety nine plus shipping. Oh, that's and not bad at all. It's that's not. great. And you get like a lot. You get about three cups. So you're getting maybe up to like three times the amount that you would get in you know from the store and for like I don't know it just is very cost effective so I decided to try it out I wasn't sure if my kids would like the taste of it I they don't love it but they take it anyway I also drink it and I would say that while it doesn't taste bad I don't really feel like it tastes that good (laughs) okay um it's something that you can definitely like tolerate but I don't I don't know if I added too much honey I don't know I don't think I I don't think it tastes I don't know I'm not exactly like licking the spoon I don't know I don't really love it love it but it does not taste bad Mm -hmm. it definitely is cost effective and I really appreciate that I do miss the convenience of gummies and my children being able to get gummies out of the jar themselves and just pop them really quick with the elderberry syrup it's something that I anticipate would probably stain a lot and so I try to be very careful and I have to portion it out I don't want them to get it themselves and all that stuff but I was really pleased with it so if you're wanting to like try it out before you maybe invest in getting all of the supplies on your own and purchasing the elderberries on your own, I would definitely check it out. LexiNaturals.com. It's their elderberry syrup DIY kit. Perfect. I've made it many years in the past. I use Wellness Mama's recipe for it. Mm-hmm. And it works wonderfully. I do order my own elderberries, but here's the tricky thing. I think I usually get them from Mountain Rose Naturals or Mountain Rose Herbals. Mountain Uh Rose, whatever. Yeah. The tricky thing is finding them in stock. And because it is a popular thing, especially amongst people who like a more natural remedy, um, you have to keep an eye on them. And especially like late summer, early fall, people start going, oh my gosh, I've got to get my elderberry syrup ready. Right. As we go into cold and flu season, it can be hard to track them down. I, I don't, I've never ordered them from Amazon. So I'm sure there's some perfectly fine ones on Amazon. Um, but the ones I've gotten from Mountain Rose have been fantastic. Um, but yeah, like once you do it, it's kind of one of those things that you're like, you really can be like, you know, I really should make this. I should make this. This would be easy. I should make this. And then you finally do make it. And you're like, yeah, that was actually easy. I'm <laughs> glad I did Exactly. <laughs> right. And I feel like I don't need the kit. Like I could buy all the things on my own, but the kit kind of like pushed me over the edge. Like, okay, if you are going to do this on your own, maybe just like test drive it with this and see how it goes and see how, you know, Grace and Noah and Isaac take it. And yeah, you know, they take it just fine. Perfect. Perfect. Now, one thing, Meg, that I've been meaning to ask you is, mm-hmm. how are you doing? How are you feeling? <laughs> You're pregnant. I love it so much. Your shirt says mama on it. So yeah, cute. I'm wearing my mama shirt. <laughs> I got this at Target, actually. Yeah. This is going to be a regular segment of our Yes. Our Patreon, our monthly Patreon episodes is every month we are going to get a little check-in from you about all things baby, how you're feeling, how you're preparing. So tell me everything. Tell We want to know. We want to know it all. You okay. think we don't care? I we know. We care. We really, really care. <laughs> we do. I'm always like, I don't know who even wants to hear about this. Uh, me <laughs> and everybody else. <laughs> Okay, well, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. So if pregnancy is a sensitive thing for you or for whatever reason, just know this is our last little topic for our January awesome 
catch up and catch all. Um, so yeah, um, awesomely enough, I'm right now 17 weeks next, by the time this comes out, I'll be 18 weeks. I mean, I'm like almost to the halfway point. That's incredible. Oh my goodness. Especially because my doctor has already said we will, cause it'll be another C-section of course. Um, and she's like, well, you know, depending on how things go, we'll schedule at least for 39 weeks. She doesn't want me to go to 40. So, um, so yeah, I'm like, by the time I'm like, when can I say I'm actually officially halfway there? (laughs) Um, as these things do happen, the, I think the older you are and also the more kids you have, I'm like, this is flying by. So well, fast. yeah. Do you kind of like forget about it because you're wrapped up in like everything else? I have gotten to the point where physically it's hard to forget about it um, just because my body is definitely changing. This is a maternity shirt and I'm wearing maternity jeans. Um, like it's a thing. In the first trimester, I actually really did forget sometimes. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant. Also, second trimester, energy has kicked in. So that's been great. Oh, that also, always feels wonderful. It feels so good. But second trimester hunger has kicked in, which is okay. nice because the first trimester, I'd never have thrown up with this pregnancy, but I did have that sort of just like pervasive all day long nausea. So it feels good to be hungry again. Right. Yeah. But the flip side of that is I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so other news we do, we can confirm now. There's just one baby. So that was a relief. Congratulations. Congratulations on just one. We are looking forward to our big gender reveal in February. So keep your eyes out for that. Feel free. When this episode comes out, we can weigh in and have a little poll and people can share their thoughts if we're team blue or team pink. Are you planning like a a reveal party? You said no. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just put on social media. That's our party. Yeah. No, that works. <laughs> I can barely, barely get my life together for my kids' actual real birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so no actual gender reveal parties. So that'll be fun. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to share that's been on my mind a lot about this pregnancy. Because People have asked me, and I I presumed going into this pregnancy that it would be like really weird or different or like a different experience to be pregnant at 41, um, as opposed to my other pregnancies when I was in my 20s and 30s. And I have to tell you, this is, okay, this is going to get a little vulnerable. So just like we're all in our trust tree here. The part about being over 40 and being pregnant has actually not been a problem at all. Um... I think in some ways, uh, it took me maybe a little longer to get my energy back. I do, even though I do have that second trimester energy, I'm super fatigued by the end of the day. Like if I'm awake past nine o'clock, it is a miracle. (laughs) I just get really tired by the end of the day. But the advanced maternal age has not been that big of of a deal. The thing that has been difficult, surprisingly difficult that I did not experience in my other pregnancies is being pregnant and being overweight. Oh, it really is a different experience, I think, in a couple of ways. First of all, my doctor made it pretty clear that she really does not, she would feel really uncomfortable 
with me gaining more than 20 pounds through this whole pregnancy, which in the past I would gain 20 pounds by like 20 weeks, like no problem. (laughs) Um, But, you know, because, and I said this on our main show when I was talking with my sister making our pregnancy announcement, I'm like truly 50 pounds overweight, I guess you could say. Definitely um, above where I should be, like on the, all the, you know, charts or whatever. Yeah, but aren't those charts like, well, like, like ridiculous? I do not think of you as somebody who is overweight. Well, thank you for that. However, medically speaking. <laughs> uh, like medically speaking, like Isaac is probably overweight. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, the the BMI charts are problematic in some ways because they they just give like one snapshot of health. They don't look at like muscle mass and those types of things and whatever. But I mean, even taking all of that in consideration, um, there's that. Now, also very strange for me is I have not actually gained that much weight. I think at this point I've gained like nine pounds total through um, from the beginning of the pregnancy till now. Um, and I haven't even been trying. I Like I said, I'm hungry and I eat, but I don't know. Maybe that's part of being older and pregnant. I don't know. Also, it's amazing how much weight you don't gain when you are not eating like pint after pint of ice cream and donuts and just like whatever you want. (laughs) I will say my eating is different. I'm not eating well because I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so freaked out about gaining too much weight. That is not it at all. But in the past year or more, I really have discovered like what I like what makes me feel really good in terms of like food as fuel for my body. So it's a lot of protein, a lot of protein stuff. Um, and I just don't, I really don't have quite the sugar cravings that I have had in the past. Okay. So that's one part of though, is like being mindful of my weight, which was something that I never was in the past. The second part is I do have, um, an elevated A1C number, And I'm like just right below the line already of being pre-diabetic. So this time she wants me to do the, skip the one hour and go straight to the three hour test and do it earlier. Usually it would be later, but she wants me to do it like now basically. Okay. Now it's, that's annoying, but at the same time, if I, if I am like in that gestational diabetes danger zone, then I definitely want to be proactive about it and do whatever I need to, to keep the blood sugar situation under control for my own health and definitely for baby's health. Right. But again, it's just something that has never been on my radar in the past with my other pregnancies. And the last one is blood pressure. My blood pressure has really been a problem um, this time. Not a day, it's not to the danger level yet, but it's pretty high. I actually texted one of our superstars, Dr. Kara Pence, uh, one night. I was like, does this number sound high to you? <laughs> she was like, it's a little high, but you don't need to go to the, to, to the doctor right now. Um, so I'm taking like the low-dose aspirin every night. Um, I've been having a ton of headaches, too, that I think are related to um, high blood pressure. But I remembered somehow, I, I like came to me and I kind of came across something that jarred my memory that magnesium is very helpful with lowering blood pressure and that also when pregnant women are really high risk of becoming really magnesium deficient. So I started doing a teaspoon of magnesium 
powder in water in the morning and one at night. And that has helped us help with the headaches. And I'm hopeful that it helps just kind of like keep my blood pressure low. So anyway, it's just been a new experience because there's all these complications with um, bodies and weight and pregnancy. I know that you can have high blood pressure and not be overweight. I know you can get gestational diabetes and not be overweight. It's just that because I am, these are things that I have to be aware of. And it's just like an added, it's, yeah, it's just like an added thing. Like I thought my, I thought the added concerns would be because I'm old, (laughs) older, but it hasn't been that. It's been the other stuff. So anyway. Well, that's really interesting. And I'm, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. I feel like there's a lot. I don't know. I feel like as when women are pregnant, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves in lots of different areas and different things. And, um, it does not sound like a fun one for you to be battling. Yeah. Like, like, like mentally, like it probably like takes like some mental strength to not spiral out and be like, Oh, you know, like, yes, yes, this would be something that I would, yeah, I would have to exercise some mental strength in keeping myself in check and keeping my emotions in check. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah. So anyway, that's the pregnancy update for now. So like I said, by the time this episode comes out, I'll be 18 weeks and we'll be just right at the, at the cusp of finding out and sharing with the world what we're having. Mm, so. Very exciting. You have any guesses? Um, I nev- my, here's what I've said to anybody who asks. Truly, my intuition is always wrong. So this time I'm like, I'm not even going to try to guess because yeah. I'm never, never right. So. Well, this is your tiebreaker. Yeah, it is. This will be the little tiebreaker. So it's fun. We'll see what we're having. So, okay. Well, this was, I told Rebecca, I was like, let's just do like 30 minutes of catching up and chit chat. Yeah, I knew that now wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I never, for almost four years into doing this, I still don't understand how time and podcasts work. <laughs> I knew I had too many dumb words about PewDiePie. I just, I just I knew it. I just knew it. Well, we both had some words about The Bachelor, too, so. Okay, superstars, like we said, this is going to be a regular feature, our monthly all the awesome wrap up. So look forward to this. Um, at the end of every month, we think we're going to do this. Our plan is to drop these the last Tuesday of every month. So instead of there being an extra awesome in the main feed, you guys get the extra here in the private superstar feed. We also are just as a team, we're just kicking around some ideas about what we can do to really um, just serve our superstar community well this year. And just like what what all can we do to um, just make you guys feel as awesome and amazing as you are because you know that we so value your support, your ongoing support of our show and of our mission to bring more awesome to the world. So thank you guys so much for being supporters. Rebecca, thanks for sitting down and doing this big monthly catch up with me. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, you guys, thanks for listening and thank you for being superstars and we'll see y'all next time.